Welcome to Backlog Dialogues, the podcast that digs you out of your backlog before it buries you. I'm John, and joining me as always are the three fairies and the seven dwarves, my Jack. I'm pretty sure we did the three fairies. Yeah, but now they're a three-headed godhead. Stick with it, people. <laughs> and I think that means there's 11 of us here now. I, that's confusing. I'm Jared. I am one yet many. Yes. So you can't make that joke yet, John. No, anyway. I am. I have. I have all. I am. I am you. And I am the truth. God damn it! <laughs> I don't know if yeah, I'll ever be able to make that all joke. All is one. All is one. One is all. Exactly. Then Waichi. Ichi was then. Anyway, no. that's how that goes. No. So uh, I guess I'm. I'm seven people now. Okay. Are you? <laughs> If everyone asked, Bart, Bart was at least as a clergyman, baggy seven people, and Bart was wounded in Vietnam. <laughs> yep. Anyway, what are your names? Front of me. <laughs> I already said I'm Jared. Have you forgotten I said already? I'm Matt. Yeah. <laughs> but I got completely now, lost in that conversation. It's difficult talking to 11 people. Now people. it is Ventus time. It is Ventus time. I think it's Ventus time. But should it be Ventus time? Uh, maybe. I mean, we just finished Terra's Root, so yeah, I think it's Ventus time. Yeah, so let's go from where everything went horribly, and let's just back up and watch it happen again. Yep, back to the Mark of Mastery exam, which plays out very similarly. Ventus is very much our Sora slash Roxas analog in this game, to the point of looking just like Roxas anyway. Yeah, I think we already talked a little bit about him uh, in episode one, so we're not going to like fully go into how he controls and stuff like that, but... It's a bit of a breath of fresh air after uh, how rocky Terra's movement is. A, 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 A. You see what I did there? You see what I did there? Ah, ah. Right then. (laughs) So putting that aside. (laughs) Ventus, he plays a lot like Sora, despite having the weird uh, backhanded keyblade grip. I've always joked it means he he really should have absolutely no reach because he's hitting with the back of his blade against his arm. Mm -hmm. His animations are a bit fast. Does he reverse his grip during his strikes? I think he does. I think he spins it around for attacks. He often does. That's that's showing off. (coughs) But it's still like a backhanded swing. But he has a lot of flair to his movement. And he's fast and he's fun. He's a lot of cool. Mm. I like him. The roots are going to again and again show us certain things without much variance, like just usually with a different beginning or ending. Yeah. So we're going to, as I said, we're now back to Marika Mastery, though we do get first from Ventus's viewpoint an odd little moment. Yep. Uh, Ventus watches us from the side as Xehanort just nods approvingly at him. Ventus kind of just, I swear, he seems a little bit uncomfortable. This is going to be the route that shows us all about that one moment at the start of the game where we were kind of like, hmm. What's going on with this kid? <laughs> and that's the islands. Yep. The dark light ball brawl begins and then gets to join in this time. Technically, OK, so like with Terra's route, even though it was supposedly that Aqua was fighting at the same time as him, I think we only got to control Terra and only got to see Terra in that moment. So it's the same thing with Ven uh, here. We, we kind of vaguely see the other two. Like they are running around the field fighting, too, but no one's doing that much because the AI is very half hearted. Yep. Yeah. And. Once again, it's a pretty easy fight. Ventus's default commands are a lot quicker than Terra's and a lot easier to use. I think he has arrow as well. If you just came off Terra, you might get a little bit disoriented because Ventus hits quicker, but also weaker. So it's harder to like focus things down. To yeah. Somebody. 
Yeah. Especially on these randomly moving balls. Ventus, I think, also ends up having a lot more kind of like soft lock on where, you know, he will move to the closest enemy much more quickly than Terra does Mm -hmm. when you're attacking. That's... That's more the level of movement in his abilities. Terra mm-hmm. kind of is a very stand stand fast character. Mm-hmm. Aventus moves kind of moving forward, which means you'd also overshoot things, especially mm-hmm. with his uh, first command style fever pitch. I was constantly missing things with the final move. Yep. And you get fever pitch right after this fight. It's really just kind of super fast moves with like air blades to it. His final strike is one of those like you strike down once and like three or four like yeah. shocks of energy go out like a claw pattern. I would say it's not that great of a command style. Uh, like I, said, I tended to miss stuff with it. It's a fast moving style, at least. But so Ben doesn't get to take part in Terranaqua's little duel because he wasn't supposed to. He, he's not supposed to. Nothing new really happens until Ventus is just practicing his keyblade swings in bed. Yeah, he sees the results. Like Terra doesn't let him cover him. And then we just cut back to Ventus being sad in his room with his wooden keyblade. The Keyblade also has Terra's name engraved on the handguard. And then he gets a visitor in his door. Better hurry, Ventus. Huh? Who are you? He looks over and he sees that masked soldier from the roots leaning against a bookshelf in his room. Or you'll never see Terra again. What? Get real. I can see Terra anytime I want. Like night now? He's leaving you behind. And by the time you catch up... He'll be a different person. Look, whoever you are, you don't know the first thing about Terra. Me and him will always be a team. You trying to pick a fight or what? Oh, grow up. Is that what you call friendship? You'll never know the truth unless you go out and look for it yourself. Come on, what could you possibly know when you're stuck here looking at nothing but what's in your tiny world? So yeah, Ventus just minding his own business. This guy comes up and starts shit talking at him. Yep, yep. Though I do like a lot of the reprisal of Kingdom Hearts 1 here that mm-hmm. keeps happening. It's like you're stuck in your tiny world and the, the way Vanitas tries to get Ventus to say to do what he wants is to try to get Ventus to rankle at the tiny world and yeah. how little he's allowed to do. And, and to make him scared of the thought that one of his most important relationships could suddenly be changed. And mm-hmm. he does it just right because the next thing Ventus will see is Terra leaving. Yep. So yeah, uh, Vanitas gives Ventus the push he needs to leave the safety of the land of departure, which is all according to Keikaku. Translator's note, Keikaku means plan. (laughs) I mean, we know this and we already know since we had the same scene with Xehanor and and Vanitas that they felt Ventus just isn't up to snuff and needed to push him. And here's where we see what happens. Yep. So after Terra flies off. Well, first, Ven has some flashbacks. Yeah, Ven flashes back a bit to his uh, time training with Terra. Uh, just a bunch of cute scenes of Terra being an excellent big brother figure. Like, I don't know if there's much more to it than that. Like, I feel like they do a lot better or, or they do a lot more to develop Ventus's relationship with Terra than they do with Ventus's relationship with Aqua here. It's like uh, like we see like Ventus, like Ventus being a sad boy and Terra just trying to comfort him and just hanging out together. Yeah. Not even any dialogue, just kind of a silent scene. Yeah, a lot of silent scenes. So then we see Tara's leaving again, but this time from Ven's view. So we just see Tara leaving, tell him he can't come with them, it'll be okay. And then Ven, so now, then we see what Ven does right after. Yep. 
as Ven tries to blast off immediately after him, he activates his warrior armor. Like, I, it's, it honestly gives the impression this is the first time he's ever done this, in my view. I feel like more clearly, like, he was kind of surprised about the whole, about the whole, like, uh, Keyblade vehicle thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, his, also, his little Keyblade turns into a hoverboard. So rather than a space bike, he has a space hoverboard. This is all very common Rider, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, and then, and then Sora's still bitchy about the gummy ship. Like, god damn it. Yep. And so as Ven blasts off, Aqua tries to stop him from leaving. And we get D-Links with Aqua and Terra. And that's no, Land of Departure. Aqua's like, no, wait, don't go. Yep. Uh, it's such a brief moment that poor Aqua's just like, is left in Ventus's dust with yeah. very little fanfare. Aqua tends to be kind of the adult in the room, which, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of actually they, they play that off a little bit. Sorry, what did you say, Jared? And that can suck being the yeah. adult oh. in the room when no one else is. Especially when you're basically your two younger brothers are both being complete dipshits right now. <laughs> and of course, when apocalyptic RPG bullshit's going on, that really sucks. Yep. Speaking of apocalyptic RPG bullshit, we got some letters from Xehanort to read. Did, so did Ven, did Ven go through Ericus's mail? I have no idea what happened. Uh, but we, yeah, I get, as we leave, we get Xehanort's letter. And there's no rhyme or reason as to why Ventus gets this. It's just as suddenly in his pocket. He probably did go through Ericus's mail. Yep. Anyway, I'm going to read it now. Please accept my deepest gratitude for the invitation to witness your pupil's ascension to the office of true Keyblade Master. It was a heavy mantle our master placed upon your shoulders, naming you successor. But you have nonetheless persevered and raised two masters yourself. I know it cannot be easy. I did you terrible harm in the past over a petty difference in opinion. And just a few years ago, selfishly thrust my own burdens upon you. I think of you like a younger brother, and yet, fool that I am, I have never availed myself of countless opportunities to apologize or thank you for opening your home to the boy. Yet not once have you blamed me. On the contrary, here you are inviting me to such an important ceremony. I intend to be there to offer you all my blessings. Our master chose his heir wisely. Ours is a bizarrely ironic task to watch over the light from the shadows. But in the face of that, the warmth in your heart and unfailing dedication to the light impress me to no end. I have taken to wandering the world and seen much darkness hiding in the light. Lately, I fear it has taken a turn for the worse. Perhaps Yen Sid has already told you about the unversed. These fledgling emotions derive from negativity, and I can now sense the presence in nearly every world. And on the topic of darkness, We must speak of another matter that concerns me, one related to the upcoming ceremony. When I visited several years ago, your pupil Terra drew my attention. His power is immense, to be sure, but within his heart I could see darkness just waiting to be awakened. I know this is none of my business, but I have reservations about welcoming Terra as a new Keyblade Master without taking certain precautions. A traditional examination, perhaps to see if he has the mark of mastery, the choice is yours, and I will humbly respect your decision. Take care. I eagerly await our long overdue reunion. So I think this particular letter probably explains why Ericus appears on the surface to trust Xehanort so implicitly. Because I think t- 
it offers Ericus the chance to basically Ericus wants to believe that Xehanort is not a bad person and is yeah. taking over a new leaf. I, I will say I'm not going to completely gainsay that. I understand the willingness to forgive. I just will say we're going to see some stuff here that I still think words should have been exchanged in certain places. But also, this is the one place we see that he subtly undermined Erica's confidence in uh, in Terra as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's manipulating Erica's very well here. Not only is this a very self-serving letter that gets uh, Xehanort back into Ericus's good graces, it is also a self-serving letter that uh, unbalances Terra's relationship to Ericus. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure he preyed on concerns that are already there. That's clear. But yeah, he really just he's really saying, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Ericus probably does still have doubts about Xehanort. But, you know, it's one of those things where you're giving somebody what they want. Mm-hmm. And Ericus really would like to believe that Xehanort isn't all bad and that yeah. he's being genuine when he says he wants mm-hmm. to reconcile. Yep. Like, like literally that whole thing, it's 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 just, you know, I selfishly thrust my own burdens upon you. I think of you like a younger brother and I made mistakes, blah, blah, blah. It's like this is what Eric has wanted to hear for yeah. many, many years from Zay. Yes, exactly. And again, I will upset that to a point, but we're going to see later. I just question the ease with certain things. And I do question the weird late realizations. I mean, I, I feel like at the end of the day. Because Ericus is, despite not being a great teacher, still a good guy, he really does want to believe in people. And I think that's enough. Telling people what they want to hear is one of the most powerful things you can do. Yep. Just like in the first route, you get the command board for Lando Departure. The first time I played through, I was like, fuck this command board shit. Why would I want to do this? After 100%ing Terra, I instantly did command boards every single time I got them to just get a bunch of new stuff. After the first few tries, I was so fed up with command boards, I just ground everything manually. Uh, don't use command boards for grinding. What the fuck are you doing? That's not how you use them. You use them to get a commands and then you stop using them. Yes. Yeah, I ground the commands, too. Why? Because okay. <laughs> it, it was less annoying. <laughs> the way you deal with commands is you get all the commands by going through the command boards and then you level them up in that one area in Neverland because it's the best place to level up. I, say, I never use command boards in any route other than Terra and then only for a few times. So, yeah, I mean, so there are some shot locks you can only get through the command boards. Um, there are uh, other commands that are you can get like some really early commands through the command boards as well. Um, like it's not for leveling up your commands. If someone told you it's for leveling up commands, they lied. Well, no, I even use it for acquiring them. Like when I get to Aqua, I I built her up to some pretty high magic and only a couple worlds in just by buying and fusing. Yep, that's how you do it. But I said, but not, but never need to get them off the command board. I just got them off the stores. Well, anyway, so the first Disney World to open up to Ventus is the Dwarf Woodlands. And we actually do a little bit more than than Terra did, because Terra mostly just kind of found the dwarves and got scolded no, by them. And no, 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 no. Terra, didn't, Terra doesn't meet the dwarves at all. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Terra, Terra, Terra barely wants to be part of the spot. He does one thing with the queen, then with Snow White, then with the mirror. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, Ventus, however, finds himself in a rocky pass and sees seven dwarves marching in a line off to mine some gems. Ventus, Ven- who is full of childlike wonder and, det- and can uh, detect sidekicks by scent, goes to follow them. He's also easily <laughs> distractible from his whole fine Terra thing. Oh, yeah. This is like 
he was supposed to be looking for Terra, but now he's seen seven dwarves and he's just like, that seems like a thing to look at. I'm going to go do that. Ooh, shiny. Yep. <laughs> Though, honestly, yeah. I do like Ven's approach to this adventure more than Terra's. I mean, well, Terra's stomping through saying, where's Xehanort? I need to help him. Ventus at least is enjoying the Disney rides at Disneyland. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, I never managed to go on the, on the dwarf minecart. That always is a huge line. Why would why is it a huge mi- line to go on the dwarf minecart? I thought it was like because it's what that's one of the, the new rides. Oh, it's a newer ride. I didn't know that. Yeah. One of the, one of the ones only a few years old. and It's a more uh, coastery one with with really? scenes and more advanced animatronics. It's very busy. Now that I think about it, it's probably been 12 years since I last went to any Disney theme park in general. Shit. That just went last year, of course. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Then follows into the cave. Just kind of tromps on in. Yeah. Just walks on in. Doc is like, oh, hey, a kid. And Grumpy immediately decides Ben is a diamond thief. <laughs> yeah. Like. And even though Grumpy's just, like, by, as his name implies, just hostile, like, everyone goes with him. They all just scatter. Yeah. Yeah. Ben tries to patch it over and the dwarves are just like, what the fuck? Because if you're dealing with a thief, you, what you should do is run away from all the stuff you have there and just hide in buckets or yeah. barrels. The one dwarf that does not uh, join in the weird dwarf hide and seek me game that we're going to deal with next is Dopey, because Dopey is just sort of like standing next to the shop with a blank stare. It's kind of weird. Dopey is Dopey. (laughs) It's kind of uncomfortable, to be honest. But he said Dopey just always kind of is that blank slate. He mostly existed for odd little animation moments in the original show and mild comic relief in the movie. And slightly cute. Mm, Like cute moments, at least, is what I would say. That feels like his purpose is cute moments. When the go Vincent Dwarfman, the, the dance of Snow White. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Vincent Dwarfman. <laughs> so now we have to now we have to find, find all the hiding spots. Yeah. Yep. And this is just a big this is a, the, the, the mine here is just a big loop of a location with, of course, Unversed randomly spawning inside it. Yep. I don't know if the Unversed are in this area right now as you're hunting for the hidden no, they are, because I remember I remember trying to hit the box that runs away and then just those little spiky guys got in the way. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. We we went over all the unverse that showed up in the first route, and I'm not going to cover them again here. Yeah. There's we've basically covered almost every except for a couple unusual bosses, maybe. Yeah. And we've kind of made our opinion clear on them. So, yeah. yep. I'm I, I don't want to talk more about the unverse than I already have to. <laughs> um, so Grumpy is hiding in a box as a sneezy. As is happy, as is sleepy. Most of the boxes run. I think sleepy just yeah. sits there because yeah, because it's sleepy. Bashful is in a minecart. So is Doc. And those carts are a little bit amusing because they're kind of moving in and out of the scenery. Like like there's like tunnel entrances, so they only appear for certain swaths of it. But mm-hmm. it's still pretty simple. When I was going through, I was just like, which dwarf are you? And I was looking at Bashful because I don't know why. I think I couldn't like quite identify it's what Bashful is supposed to be. The eyes, the eyes. Okay, yeah. Nashville has big anime eyes. Got it. Got it. So even after all of this, the dwarves don't trust anyone unless they're named Snow White and they're a cute girl, I guess. So yeah, yeah. They basically just could keep cursing Ven out. Yeah, they they basically <laughs> just like get the fuck out of our mind, you stupid kid. Ven just is like, okay, fine. Ven is just, I, I'm just gonna go. But he asks where he can find the others, 
And the dwarves are like, go to the castle. I don't care. <laughs> it's it's just, and just trying to cram in their different things, like how Doc always misspeaks and that just kind of try to shove in their character. Uh, it sticks to just really quick moments. It's 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 odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ben leaves the mountain pass, finds the dwarves house, which is just a little hut in the clearing because there are very like, OK, actually, are these seven dwarves the most NPCs we've seen in any spot in this game so far? Hmm. I now you got so. me thinking. The only other option is Radiant Garden. And we haven't seen a big bunch of people in Radiant Garden yet. Yeah, they're all just spread out. And there's a few of them. I mean, with Terra, we saw three, four, with Terra, we five s- people. Terra, we saw. No, we only saw Scrooge. We saw Scrooge, Merlin and Bragg. And we you only mean, interacted oh, with you two mean, of those. So you mean NPCs on the map then? Yes. And in a like NPCs that a character interacts with. So currently, Ven is the record holder of interacting with seven NPCs. <laughs> Anyways, he starts thinking about breaking an entry into a house, but he gets distracted by a scream, which makes his NPC count meeting in the world to eight. Good job, Ventus. Wait, no. Um, OK, now that I think about it, uh, Disney Town has more NPCs in general. Ugh, well, Minnie, I do a count there. So I think we're about one, two, three, four, Minnie, five, Daisy, seven, Chip, eight. Dale. Horse, horse, Minnie, da- horse, horse, Daisy collar. actually there. Yeah, I think she was. I Huey, don't Louis, Minnie, yeah, yeah. OK, Disney Town has the most NPCs in any place. I forget the I count eight. cow's name. Clarabelle? She's there. Clarabelle Cow, yeah. I don't think Clarabelle's there. She's not. Oh, OK, I thought she was. Um, but no, you forgot Huey, Louis, Dewey and Louie there. Yeah, Huey, Dewey, Louie, Pete, Chip, Dale, Minnie. I count eight. I don't Daisy. think there's a period. Daisy was there. And oh, also Captain Dark and Captain Justice. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that so doesn't count. Yes, it does. <laughs> it has to count. <laughs> we haven't even met Captain Justice yet. True. <laughs> OK, so anyway, we hear the scream and we go investigate. Yep. Then find Snow White crying in the spooky forest and... Ben is actually pretty good about meeting a crying girl in a forest. She's like, I'm being attacked by trees. I feel like this goes a lot better than if Tara had found her. <laughs> no, he just started attacking the trees. Is Xehanort in these trees? <laughs> <laughs> the trees, they tried to grab me. Well, they must have darkness in them. Smash, smash, smash. Yep. yep. <laughs> and just because we find out he'd be partly right doesn't matter. Yep. So, yeah, Ben inserts himself into the story of Snow White because Ben is a Kingdom Hearts protagonist through and through. And they go, we all see things and we're scared. It's not a horrible thing to say. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so we have a little protect the idiot level as we lead Snow White through the forest. Where we find the trees are explicitly trying to kill her. Yes. This is a little worse than the Cinderella one we have with Terra because it's a wider area and the monsters come from more angles. Like when we were protecting Cinderella, it was a lot more linear. Yeah, but with Cinderella's protect the idiot level, it was just a long, straight hallway. Then up some stairs. Ben leads Snow White back to the dwarf house after this a little bit. And he, and he invites her into someone else's house that he hasn't been in. Yep, the dwarves return to find Snow White asleep. Ben is just out looking around. The dwarves are pissed by this whole turn of events. No, no, they like Snow White, but even when she vouches for Ven, they tell him that they don't tell him to still fuck off. Yep. 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 Yeah. And so Snow White has clearly already met Tara because she tells us that she was saved by Tara in the castle clearing uh, in the clearing near the castle just before now. 
Yeah. It's like she didn't even say saved. She said he had a key. Yeah. And then the dwarves accused Tara of sending monsters to Snow White. And she's like, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Snow White just sort of like blisses her way through life. Yeah. It's just and then Ven runs off to find Tara. And the last thing we see of this storyline with Ven's view is the dwarves still call it, saying he can't be trusted. Yep. <laughs> well, Ven still has to fight a boss at the end of this area because it's, it's a giant tree. It's an unversed called the Mad Treant. Which mm. it's exactly what it says on the tin. If you know what a treant is, it's a tree monster. Well, sometimes they're tree monsters. Sometimes they're like beings that come from trees. But this one jumps high up in the air. Yep, jumps around. I found this one a lot easier than the spindle guy or spindle boss. I so Terra. For me, the first time I ever played this, I definitely found this a lot easier than the spindle boss for Terra. But that's because when I was fr- first playing it, I did not know what the fuck I was doing. So the spindle boss was really fucking difficult. Yeah. This time around, it was just like, oh, yeah, this is a good first boss. Yeah. Once you realize how many different options you are, like you like if you're like me, you slowly remember to use shot locks as it goes on. Mm-hmm. And they are extremely useful in boss fights. They basically give you a free chunk of the boss's uh, hit bar if you at the right time. Yeah. Winning this fight gives us increased deck capacity and firestorm. Firestorm is uh, we talked about it a bit last time. Yeah. It's the exact same command style as the one Terra had, I think. Yeah. The, the elemental styles stick the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This part cracks me up here because Ventus then happens on the next chunk of the plot, but he completely misses what's going on. Yep. <laughs> ben sees the evil queen in her crone guise and returns an apple she dropped to her. And he's too much of a cinnamon roll to smell anything off here. Yeah, you look friendly. <laughs> Just a nice old lady that dropped an apple. Nothing sus about this. And keeps grinning evilly. Yeah, it doesn't matter if she's, she's grinning evilly and cackling evilly. She's totally fine. Yeah. Then... <laughs> <laughs> then she actually she even gives the evil laugh and said, haven't I seen that sword before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she tells Ben about her encounter with Tara and Ben is yeah, just like says that he threatened her. Oh, yes, but, yes, yes. He pointed that sword at me, asking about some Xehanort. And Ben's just like, what the hell is Tara up to? We the player are like, yeah, that sounds like Tara. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and, the, and, the, and the queen just kind of wanders off and you completely miss anything that's happening next. Good job, then. Yep. And that's the end of this world. Yeah, OK, I like the ben, treasure ben trove of keyblade we get. Yeah. Ben leaves. Kind we get the looking one. Oh, yeah. We got the treasure trove of keyblade at the end of uh, the Dwarf Woodlands last time as well. But I think we can talk about it a bit more here. It's like it's a keyblade that looks like it has a bunch of rocks and gems poking out of it. Yep. I don't know. I kind of like. Well, I, I think I'd actually describe it a little different than that. It looks it actually looks like it is a mine track. Oh, like yeah. the handle is studded in gems, has like a little minecart slash minecart with gems in it for that for the handguard. And then it's a bunch of crooked mine tracks up to it looks like a pickaxe for the for the uh, for the blade mm-hmm. sticking out in the front. Yeah, I think this is probably like one of the better early keyblades for. Uh, Ventus too, because his first keyblade is not that great. <laughs> and also we got a D-Link with Snow White because you got a D-Link with Snow White at the end of this world in every route. <laughs> yep. Fair. Fair. Now we we open up both the Castle of Dreams and Enchanted Dominion and Mirage Arena. Yep. We're not going to talk about the Mirage Arena again. Uh, we're going to save that for yeah. the last episode for the side content. Yeah, it's a whale of a story. I mean, the whale is like the least interesting part of that thing. Well, it's one of the more unique things in it, at least. And it's the best place for grinding in Mirage Arena points. But <laughs> And once you told me that, I was done. Yes. <laughs> anyway, 
Castle of Dreams and Enchanted Dominion are the next actual Disney worlds that we'll go to. And and let's just before we go into the description, let's just say this takes a right turn twist that you're not going to expect. Yeah. OK. OK. It is time for Castle of Dreams as Inventus's route. Like going by combat level, that's the next one we got to go to. <laughs> the scene we get at the start. We have Cinderella in her in her house, you know, in her in her basically in her, let's say, peasant clothes she's forced to wear and things like that. And Jack, her rat friend, just tells her that someone new is in the house. Someone's in a trap. We could only afford one rat so she doesn't have like a whole swarm of little friends. Yep. <laughs> someone's in a trap downstairs. And that someone is Ven? Ven is what? tiny. How could this be? <laughs> That's a very obscure reference. Is it? I uh, think people know Clerks. I've never seen Clerks, and I know that scene. <laughs> and Ventus is completely confused, I believe. Oh, yeah. Ventus can't believe this shit. Words is, what? Can someone tell me how I got so small? So I would like to introduce a term I coined a while back watching anime with Jared called <laughs> silly evil. <laughs> yeah, there's it's just my dream. There's a level of silliness at which point you kind of feel like the story is messing with you. Exactly. That's a perfect way to describe it. If there were ever a Kingdom Hearts level that could be called Silly Evil, this is it. Yeah, because, you know, to some degree, they're trying to say this is a threatening incident. But at the same time, you can't take this seriously. Yeah. This is insane. Huh, yeah. Your head feels strange. Yes. Then is a mouse sized human in the Cinderella world. Yeah. And Cinderella actually sees Ventus as a mouse. Well, yeah. No, she kind of she says, I've never seen a mouse like you, you know, wear like wearing wearing more elaborate clothes, the little ones I make for mice and with shoes and everything. But she doesn't question this. <laughs> well, she has talking mice, so she just accepts this happens. Can you call what Jack does talking? Uh, <laughs> barely. It, it's patter. Yeah. Well, if you patter, that's an incredible that, term for it. Well, to me, patter always means stuff like really fast singing, but I like. I will say, like, uh, Donald Duck, you can at least kind of comprehend what he's saying. Because the subtitles indicate he's speaking in perfect grammar. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the subtitles for Jack actually tell you what he's saying, and it does not sound anything at all like what's coming out of his mouth. Well, the mice and Cinderella always kind of talk in a weird way, like mispronouncing things, calling her Cinderella and so forth. But Cinderella, Cinderella, night and day in Cinderella. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And just, like, they actually tend to describe it as, I believe, mouse pig Latin. It's if you ask, like, back in the day when they were talking about the, the development of the idea. So he just... Didn't the voice actors literally call it mouse Latin or something like that? Uh-huh. I think so. It's a, yeah, it was, a, it was a story man in the past, so... It almost seems like they're... Like, it sounds almost like a Creole, you know what I mean? It's not, like, quite English, it's not quite a foreign language... But sounds a little bit like both, but it's not and really it, either. And it sounds like they're using like substitution, long words and mispronunciations in a consistent way. But neither of you have read or watched The Expanse. But now I'm just ta- imagining Belter Creole, but being spoken with by these tiny Disney mice. <laughs> I kind of uh, I, I still think Jacques is kind of ch- charming, though. I, I oh, yeah, like his I like it's his a- uh, what you call it, his nickname for Ven. He's just like, it's a Ven Ven. 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 <laughs> Do know the version of Kingdom Hearts is a lot different than what you kind of get in the in the original cartoon, though it's been a long time. But yep. mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, Cinderella goes off to do chores like and it's time to hang out with a mouse for a bit. 
By the way, this weird trip picked up. Can you guess Jock's full of official full name? Uh, Please tell that, me. I, yeah. I, 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 I refuse to guess such a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's Jackson Hopscotch. So good luck with that. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> characters pronounce his name Jack as well as Jock, and that's just kind of. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So <laughs> uh, Jack tells uh, Ventus about Cinderella's dream and Ven is just kind of like, oh, that sounds like Tara. Kind of. Yeah. So I guess. I, like, well, I assume based on what I've understood. Yes. I, 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 by the way, I don't know even try to get any of us to do no, that. No, no, I'm not, not going to try it. Uh, no. Yeah. Like then here's Jock talking about Cinderella wanting to go to the castle and Tara and Ben's just like. That sounds like Tara. I kind of like how everybody perfectly understands Jock, though, like. It's it's almost like, you know, just like randomly people talking to animals in trails or, you know, like people understanding Pokemon. It's more like because these animals gave me makes you think of a joke in the new DuckTales. Like, does any of you actually understand what Donald's saying? It's mostly context. I have heard the word. Nope, not a thing. From the <laughs> <laughs> and so, then, you know, he becomes Don Cheadle because that's important. Jack takes like, us up to Cinderella's room, shows Ventus the palace itself. And so Cinderella comes back in, begins working on her dress. And And so have you tiny human become friends with this mouse yet? Oh, well. (laughs) Yeah. Cinderella is a extremely direct and friendly character. It always has been. It just it just is so strange with the model in the room. But before Cinderella can get any work done, the wicked stepmother and the stepsisters call her. If you can name any of them, you get a prize. What is it, Lady Tremaine? Uh, yeah, no, but Lady Tremaine the is the... Oh, the stepsisters. Can you name either of them? I don't know them. Fuck. <laughs> Just curious how, how well you were on the uh, trivia. Do you want to know? I, I, I'm sure I read them in the character notes, but I didn't write them down in my notes because fuck that. <laughs> it's Anastasia and Drizella. Got it. Ah, uh, Yes. Because Cinderella is being forced to do work around the house, Jack knows that Jess doesn't have a chance of being done before the ball. So Ven decides to help. And Jack warns us of Lucifer. Watch out for Lucifer. Lucifer. Ooh. And by the way, Ven specifically repeats back his pronunciation this time. <laughs> Lucifer, of course, being the cat. Leave off that joke. But that tells me that somehow they are hearing what Jack's so, saying is we're hearing it. So just to be clear, yes, Lucifer the cat, not Lucifer the fallen angel of heaven. Well, it could be the same. It's just, you know, got to do what you got to do to get by, right? Better to reign as a cat than serve in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Paradise Lost to Guru, I didn't expect. Milton was a high as fuck. Yes. But I mean, at the same time, you both have cats. You know how cats are. Yep. It, it works. Yeah, I wake up with him staring into my face. You wake up with the Prince of Darkness staring into your face. Well, he's he's a pure black kitty, so I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say most. Uh, I'm pretty sure some cats do believe themselves to be the Prince of Darkness. I will say, Mike, the cat we have is way too lazy to do that. It's like steal souls. I'm just gonna take a nap. <laughs> anyway, so we need to find five items to complete the dress. And let's be clear: is like these five items do not seem like they would be enough to complete a dress. Because yeah. they're mostly like there's thread, lace, and uh, I'll get you to that. Baby pal. Baby pal. Yeah. 
So basically, it's yep. entirely the accessories. Also, maybe she ran out of stitching. Yep. So yeah, um, the pink fabric that we need to find is on the floor in the living room. By the way, I did not. The first time I played this, I got really stuck here because I was not understanding the 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 oh, yeah. of where different exits and entrances were. This is a fairly heavy platforming zone. Yeah, like this is a surprisingly ornate level for Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. <laughs> Much more involved than Terra's route through this world. Oh, yeah, by far. Terra's route was tromping through the castle. OK, actually, is Ventus's Castle of Dreams the most complex level of these first batches of Disney worlds? It, oh, yeah, it very much might be. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that or Vent, that or Ventus and Aqua's Enchanted Domain. Yeah, yeah. Those are the, that's the other option. Terra really takes the shortcut through these worlds. Oh yeah, Terra doesn't care because well, Xehanort's well, not here. Yeah, he he had the relatively busy Snow White world that no one else has, but Terra yeah, is he, kind of Kool Aid Man's in and out of these worlds for the most part. I mean, Aqua also has the part of uh, Snow White that Terra goes through. Yeah, I'm just going to say now that it's incredibly pointless feeling her going there. (laughs) Well, anyway. Anyways. Yeah, I just meant that Tara just kind of like, you know, smashes through the wall, asks where Xehanort is, then smashes through another wall. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And then Aqua goes by and says, oh, I'm sorry, I'll pay for this. We'll we'll definitely pay. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) Ben just got distracted by a butterfly. That is entirely anyway. the dynamic I'm seeing here. Yes, that is the perfect dynamic of this trio. <laughs> Terra smashing through walls, uh, Aqua sort of picking up and pay, offering to pay after him, Ventus and getting gonna, distracted. Yeah. I will say, Ventus apparently beat Terra here. Because yes. this is earlier in Cinderella's story, because when Terra found her, she already had her homemade dress destroyed. Yes. Like, that. that's there's some weird time shit's going on. I don't know what. I mean... Considering that Terra went to Snow, went to Snow White relatively like went I believe second, mm-hmm. and t- and Ventus failed to catch him there. He still gets ahead here, so I think t- I think you had Terra playing too many board games. He got distracted. Yep. Uh, <laughs> the timeline is weird. Let's get back to our hunt of items. So yeah, there's you gotta, a- you gotta like go behind the walls, knock matchbox open to make platforms, spring off forks, all those things. Yep. The pink fabrics on the floor in the living room. The white laces on the couch in the living room. The white sash is on a pile of books in the living room. Pink thread is up high on a bookshelf and the button is on a dresser. And you actually have to, like, go through some side paths in the in some mouse holes in the walls to get up onto some platforms. And this is one of the areas I felt the unverse spawn rate was kind of annoyingly high. It is like there's a lot of unverse here. This is pretty it's pretty clear that like. They want you to be going through these hallways a lot and fighting a lot of unverse in the process. Level up, kid. But you can also ride in great big balls of yarn and just roll over. Oh, yeah, it's hilarious. The the yarn ball riding is fun. <laughs> you're doing a circus bit where you're where you're backwards running on the, on the huge ball, but you can also run over all the unverse. And that's all they deserve. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then um, you have to find the pearl, which uh, you you Oof. have to, uh, you know, uh, you have to know sneak around the dragon to find the glintstone key. I mean, uh, sneak around the cat to find the pretty pearl. Yeah, yep. of course. Yeah, but, you know, is <laughs> Lucifer sleeping with it? And then sneaks up on the pearl. But the cat, as he's picking up the pearl, you I see the cat awaken behind him and kind of prowl up on him. Yep. And Lucifer is a pretty good mean cat design for kind of the old style art that is. So it's yeah, 
it's pretty amusing in its own way. Like he's kind of got that big, that big striped Tomcat body and evil eyes. Yeah, it does kind of evoke the scary cat scenes in the original Cinderella movie pretty well. Oh, yeah, that cat, that cat was a menace. (laughs) So when Jack falls off the dresser, we have to protect him from this boss fight. This is a ridiculous boss fight, but yeah. it can be annoying if you can't quite. This, you're supposed to be triggering specific action commands. Some reason I have a hard time with it. Yep. Ventus versus Lucifer is a bullfight boss. You want to, like, get the cat to crash into a wall so that you can. Well, uh, get well you have to have a pounce and then you then you block the pounce. He bounces back and then you jump on him and ride him around yeah. and smacks into a wall. Like, it's kind of horrible. I think it's actually a pretty good fair fight for what Birth by Sleep kind of wants you to do in its play style. Like, I think of the early boss fights, this is one of the better ones. And he doesn't really do a huge amount of damage, or at least he has such a slow attack cycle, you can back off, use whatever healing you have. So yeah. the fight, if it either goes on forever while things kind of wear on, or you figure it out and it goes pretty well. Yeah. So, and as a... After you win, you get the Diamond Dust Command style, and Ben and Jack... Are now best friends. Yep, that seems to be what uh, what Ven does in these worlds. Ven makes a lot of friends. Uh, not, not just that, though. He makes friends with sidekicks. Yes. <laughs> That's rough. Ven really wants to be the main character, but he feels that the world's trying to push him into the bit part. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and Jock's like, me and Ven are me and Ven friends. Ven friend. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas Hera, uh, I guess, goes to uh, menace all of the main characters, I suppose. No, no Tara, Tara, Tara deals gets, with villains. Yeah, Tara gets duped by villains. That's his lot in life. Yeah, that's Which true. is funny that he doesn't deal with Lady Tremaine at all, but... <laughs> and Aqua kind of has to wrap shit up. Yeah, Aqua deals with princes and princesses and other kid- <laughs> and, things. And, wrap, and wrapping up stories. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, um... You finish Cinderella's for Cinderella. She's, you know, she's happy, although that's mm-hmm. going to be ruined five minutes later after Ven leaves. But that's not his problem. Yep. <laughs> so Jack asks Ven about his, his own dreams. Ven remembers Tara saying that the three of BTA all share the same dream, being a Keyblade Master. BTA does not have the same uh, ring to me as SDG, and I don't know why. Well, it also makes you think of being the elite from wrestling, so BTE. <laughs> Be elite. Be be elite. Maybe it's just because like we don't there isn't a enforced order of (laughs) Ventus, Terra and Aqua as there is Sora, Donald, Goofy. And anyone who deviates from that order would be shot on sight. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Mm. yeah, the two gays up at the castle. Tennessee Valley Authority, but mm. (laughs) and Ventus is though he just needs to make sure he doesn't stop believing. Yep. They gaze up at the palace. The time at the world comes to an end. I almost said the world comes to an end. That's a weird little Freudian slip. Yep. Our time in the world comes to an end. Judging from the original Kingdom Hearts, that happens later. Oh, gosh. You're right. Anyway. How many of these worlds are destroyed by Kingdom Hearts 1? How's that? All of them. All All three of them. Well, all three of these starting worlds are in the end of the world at the end of Kingdom Hearts 1. Which is funny because they're three of the earliest, which is what really we forge our D-Link with Cinderella, as you do. We get the Stroke of Midnight Keyblade, as you do. It's a Keyblade that literally looks like the Cinderella Castle. And Cinderella's D-Link is really funny because it has they have to justify her having attack commands. So they just give it names like, encha- like I believe, like uh, Enchanted Step. Mm-hmm. I think her ultimate move is Stroke of Midnight. Yeah, you have to time the pumping carriage arriving 
it's weird. <laughs> but it's amusing in some way. Yep. And we also got the command board for Castle of Dreams. Yes. Okay. More commands than we could get. I don't remember. I think there is a shot lock in there that's good to get. Mm. No, there's a guard in there that's good to get. Mm. Sorry, I only remember used guard one out of five fights. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> get renewal block. It's amazing. I do, but I still forget to use it. Ah, oh. I'm kind of a heavy. I'm kind of a heavy attacker. You will not forget about renewal block if you ever go on to fight the secret bosses. It is the most well, useful ability in the game. Considering apparently how annoying it is to reach them, I can't be bothered. I'd fight them if they were easy to reach. I mean, or at least something that wasn't endless mini game scuffles. <laughs> what did I do to myself? Anyway, oh. let's go to the Enchanted Dominion. Terra's already smashed through the wall here. Yeah, Ben finds himself outside Aurora's room where there's no sign of Terra. Yeah, he just landed in the girl's bedroom. That's messed up. Yep. <laughs> so with Aurora sleeping inside, Ben is just like, uh, what? And since we've had one world where, you know, everyone was friendly to him and one where no one trusted him, let's go with the rubber match. And once again, no one trusts him at first. Yep. Yep. Uh, the, three, the three fairies are like somebody with a key already fucked us up. So, uh, yeah, you you go away. Yeah, Forafana and well, Merryweather show up and tell Ben to stay out. And, and, like, and, they, and like, they're all these like, ridiculous characters, but at least they have some intellect here. They actually, oh, OK, you're a harmless kid. So I'm I am wondering how they ended up in Yensid's tower rather than like dying on this world. Well, presumably they presumably much like fairy godmother, they be, they were refugees in the world. OK, they are magic like her and they're fairies. So fairies get a pass, I guess. If you remember, a lot of people who it's very random, but a lot of people whose worlds are destroyed kind of end up showing up in Traverse Town. And others end up as gems that the fairy godmother collects for God knows what reason. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, it's definitely starting to seem like Ben's lot in life is hanging out with sidekicks, even though like aren't Flora, Fauna and Merriweather kind of like major characters in uh the original in, the, in the sense that they're constantly flying plot devices that are pushing the plot along as hard as they can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly not. I think I, last time we talked about them, I talked about the Maleficent version where they're absolute character assassination. <laughs> they are literally guardians to a child who are too stupid to notice they're about to fall off a cliff. Mm-hmm. This, that's a literal event in there. And that's why Maleficent in that one, she's like, I have to take care of this kid till I kill her. Damn mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's I find that movie mildly fascinating. It has some very interesting ideas, mm-hmm. but good Lord, those characters are murdered. So Ven learns that Maleficent has stolen Aurora's heart. So because Ven is a good boy, he offers to get it back. Well, he's never seen someone as beautiful as a sleeping girl. Ven, no, bad Ven, <laughs> bad Ven. Whatever you do, don't start asking what she smells like. <laughs> That's his <laughs> <biggest> problem. <laughs> <laughs> So we're off to the Forbidden Mountain <laughs> to yep. see if we can purge that image. I have in my notes. <laughs> I love bullying monsters with mini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just turn them tiny and you stomp on them. Yeah, it's so great. It's such a fun spell. <laughs> if they weren't clouds of negative emotion energy, that would be really fucked up. Nah, just bully those clouds of negative emotion energy, especially because they have shitty character designs. And they go poof. <laughs> yep. Ven arrived in the Dwarf Lidlands and Enchanted Dominion after Terra, but in the Castle of Dreams before Terra. So are time shenanigans going on? I'm going to need to look at that timeline again to understand what happened. I feel like we've already argued that the ways between mess with time. Yes, probably. 
Or maybe because they're going between worlds, there's there's relativistic time dilation going on. Mm. Anyway, would you be surprised by either of those? Both. Not really. Not really. (laughs) So anyways, so we have to go to Wolfson's castle. Yeah, there's some flames blocking the way that prevented Terror from doing anything more in this world. But Ven has friends. Ven has friends in the good fairies that are able to cast a spell to remove it. Much like in the movie during the final charge, you're just kind of constantly flying around trying to block his and remove as many obstacles as possible. Yep. I always thought of that it makes the prince look like a complete idiot because he's just kind of being <laughs> pushed along. Yep. Once we get into Maleficent's castle, it has monsters that aren't unversed. Well, it's because she has a vague number of tiny orc, orc pig guards. Yeah. And where'd you get those? I don't know, but they're more interesting monster designs than the unversed. Probably the same same way she got to be able to turn into a dragon. I mean, yeah, it's fantasy. Well, monsters. that's just evil magic. Fantasy monsters. They come. They yeah. come a diamond dust at the fantasy monster store. Yeah. But since she doesn't have same, she has Diablo. What is with Disney and evil animals? Her crows, Diablo. We have Lucifer, the cat. I'm just sad that in the uh, then Snow White, she never called like any evil animals Mep- Mephistopheles or something. <laughs> hmm. Or I'm cultured. <laughs> Just going to move right on past that thought. (laughs) Excellent. That is the right choice. Yeah, we get into this castle, like then decides stealth at one point, just calls out all the guards to start a battle. Yeah. Well done, Ben. They're all a a third his size, even without minis. So, yeah, there's a maze in here with a bunch of appearing walls. Like I would honestly say Ben's levels overall have been way better than Terra's. And I want to stop and discuss this a bit. This is gigantic open room where we can see like warp crystals of different colors there. But when you approach, there's preset walls that pop up, which so it's actually a maze where you only see parts of the wall at a time. It can be a little frustrating because you run into dead ends all the time and there's these treasure chests you can't reach most of the time because walls just keep popping up. Just follow the maze rule. Just take the left turn every time. Yeah, I mean, but when there's but when there's teleports involved, that makes things more confusing. It still works out fine. I, I didn't have that big of a trouble um, maneuvering it, but I also am pretty good with maps and mental maps. So when it's things like this, I can get turned around pretty easily. Then eventually finds Aurora's heart trapped inside the castle. And so he frees it with his keyblade. Yay. And that causes a flashback because that's the ca- right. that's the way we're de- that's the way we're delving out story in this game is when you encounter a piece of the Disney plot, you have your own flashback. But it's funny, it's not his flashback. He actually has a flashback of Aurora's. Oh, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> ah, whoops, I accidentally peeked in her heart. Yep, uh, he sees it's a scene between, he sees a scene between Aurora and Prince. What is the prince's name here? Is it Eric? Philip. Philip, Prince Philip. Eric is a Eric's, different prince. Eric's Little Mermaid. Shit, you're right. <laughs> uh, OK, Prince generic name. Prince hey, generic Phillip. name. And like my one of my thoughts when I was reading this was God, the Prince's CGI model is really bad. It is. Well, the problem is the Prince models are kind of simple. Philip's a little bit different than the other Prince Charmings of the era. He looks a little a little bit more unique, but yeah, it definitely looks weird here. Yeah. The good fairies confirm that it's her heart and her memories and they're back. And they confirm that Ventus is a good boy. Good work, Ventus. At least he's not messing things up more like Terra does. Yeah, this is Ventus trying to fix shit. Yeah, on our way out, we make it to Maleficent's throne room, and who should beat us there? But the lady herself is here, and she's pissed. I just oh. finished stealing that heart, you little shit. Can't steal steal it back. No takes these backsies. She sees the Keyblade and realizes that it's Ventus, because for whatever reason, Ventus is clearly a guy's name. 
Well, she's she's on the ball. Her plan still makes sense, but she's clearly observant and clever. Yep. And before she became like a major Kingdom Hearts villain. Well, yeah, we see this. We see this through line of her over and over again that she's learning things she never expected. She's interested. Xehanort told her things. She's observing things with Terra and Ventus now. Mm-hmm. And she immediately goes full mind fuckery here. Just going, it just starts. As soon as she realizes who she's talking to, she immediately starts playing at Ventus's doubts. Yep. Uh, she explains that she's that Terra's the one who stole Aurora's heart. Ben gets pissed. So yeah, Maleficent just bragged that Terra gave a demonstration. Stole That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Can't make that reference yet. <laughs> uh, God damn it. Uh, so, yeah. Time to fight Maleficent herself. Like, it's fun, but kind of easy, actually. Like, yeah. Well, there's a really there's this really unusual like uh, reaction command where you have to get to a, a symbol. The fairies are drawing on the ground and then yeah. you get to do a, like a big like uh, I want to call it like a metronome where you where, you're, where the uh, indicators swing between the three buttons in a, in a triangle. Let's just OK, let's call it what it is. It's the Final Fantasy seven remake squat contest. Mm. <laughs> I still thought that was easy and you maybe thought it was hard. Pull ups are the hard one. Yeah, well, I lost my save, so get it back. Remake is great. No, remember, I can't. I have the game, but I lost. No, I know. I'm not I saying start over. Yeah, start over the game. Do that. <sighs> but not before we finish Kingdom Hearts. Maleficent's <laughs> kind of warping around. She's not doing Jafar level complete avoidance crap, but you are chasing her for much of this. In a, in a, and of course, the arena is only a third the size of that one. So it's not that bad, but it is a chase down fight. <laughs> yep. Well, Anyway, victory gets us the Thunderbolt command style, which means Ventus already has all four of his level uh, one command styles. I think mm-hmm. it took a while for Terra to get his. Believe so. Yeah, it's weird. And so Maleficent, after the fight, she's she's staggered. Like, you know, she's she's standing, but she's clearly exhausted and pulling back. And then here's Aqua. Yep. Aqua shows up to just like shut down Maleficent's trying to depress Ventus over. T- I believe it's Maleficent that says one never knows the secret of, secrets of another's heart. Yes. And yep. Ventus is in trouble. Yep. <laughs> ben, go home. But the Phantom Venetus's words still echo in Ben's mind and forces him along. He, he literally has the flashback of 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 of, of Mass Boy's voice. Yep. Hey, and I got the episode title in. <laughs> and then he just runs off, leaving Aqua behind to, as we find out later, has some real weird shit happen. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we get the Fairy Stars Keyblade when we finish this world, and that's it for the first part of Ventus's worlds. Yeah. His plots are consistently more involved than Terra, because Terra kind of runs in, does one thing, and run out. Ventus actually interacts with people. Yeah. Like, I honestly think Ventus's worlds are some of the better ones in general. I, I find that I ultimately like Aqua best just because she's the most powerful character once you figure out how to make her strong. But but she and she also tends to cap off stories. Oh, yeah. But Ventus has a lot of interesting stuff. So, yeah, next week we'll get to see Ventus's side of events at Radiant Garden. And we'll certainly we'll see how that how that plot where we already know how the um, how the congregation of events happen. We'll see what his individual choices are. I yep. still think it would have been kind of cool if in Radiant Garden they ended up doing like a Rashomon sort of uh, thing with the three perspectives. Save that thought for next week. That's always risky. It's risky to do that with these events as separate as they would be by the playthrough. Like there'd be hours in between them. Save That's that. something you kind of have to. Yeah. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Like for these ones, like there's very little overlap. And when there is usually it's awkward that has the overlap. 
is interesting. Yeah. Aqua overlap specifically for Radiant Garden, because that's a heavily overlapped one. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying it would be good to save that thought for next week, because that's where we're yep. going. Yep. That's okay. It. So until next time, I'm Matt. I'm John. I'm Jared. And remember, a good story is best enjoyed with friends. Thank you for listening to Backlog Dialogues. If you're enjoying our deep dives and discussions, be sure to leave a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. If you're really enjoying our deep dives and discussions, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash backlogdialogues. If you'd like to hear more episodes, you can find our archives at backlogdialogues.com. Special thanks to Eli for our theme song. Kingdom Hearts and all associated trademarks are the property of Disney and Square Enix. Please support the official release. So yeah, hey, it is April 10th, 2022. Kingdom Hearts 4 was announced today, y'all. And it seemed more isekai than ever, though I admit I have some limited context. Okay, so I only have half the context because I haven't yet played Remind because I'm only up to uh, Dream Drive Distance in my replay of the series. And I I decided, okay, I'll make Remind my first experience with it for this uh, podcast series. But... Um, what I know in general about, uh, Remind, specifically the, uh, bonus cutscene that came out at the end of it, I'm kind of like, hmm. I, and none I of this means Melody anything to me. <laughs> I know Melody and Memory added some weird implications, too. Yeah, mm. we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, like, but all I know is, we are apparently going back to the Olymp- to Olympus again. <laughs> well, that's Donald and Goofy's fault. I know. Like, okay. I would have thought that after Kingdom Hearts 3, we would be done visiting the Hercules world. Did something weird happen in 3? They finished the Hercules story. You'll yeah. see. Like, it like it is a perfect capstone for everything they were try- they were doing with Hercules in Kingdom Hearts. It's and then far the best Olympus world actually. Oh, easily. It's, so, it's really it's good. So turn did Sora turn a scattershot shot lock into into that? Yes, he turned a scattershot into a giga drill. He made a he did a giga drill breaker called? on a dark side. Is that one normally he's called? Uh, I don't know what the exact name of that uh, shot lock so, is. But by the way, since when do since when do uh, dark sides have demons? Actually, I think that no, I think that was Ragnarok that he used. He turned Ragnarok into a giga drill. It's the one that does the spiraling shots. Yeah, that's Ragnarok. Oh, okay. There were several jokes I wanted to make about the dark side that he was fighting that I can't make yet because uh, neither of you have gotten to Trails of Cold Steel yet. But <laughs> well, it's very wispy and made of and made of threads. Yes. <laughs> One thing I was surprised nice. at is how Japanese Sora reads in the new graphical style. I think wow. it's a mixture. It might be There's... a mixture of. Uh, I mean, I've seen a bunch of interesting theories already too. I'm not going to talk about well, isn't them here. It, isn't it? going to be in part the take on the appearance of the world which became even more so in three maybe but it also might be something else uh so he's got he's really rocking a nike hoodie look like oh so apparently the girl that he woke up with is from the mobile game so oh gosh we're gonna have to do the mobile games aren't we <laughs> i just wait there's extra gameplay reveal footage uh maybe i haven't checked yet but oh and um like, so, the little scenery shot that they had of the big forest 
is very clearly the redwood forest that they used to film the moon of Endor in uh, Star Wars Return of the Jedi. And there's one little frame where it kind of looks like the back foot of an ATST is in there. So maybe Nomura has finally gotten his dream of just making a Star Wars world. Yep. <laughs> it's come oh, full circle. Christ. Gosh. So yeah, I'm excited for Kingdom Hearts 4, even though the font of the logo weirds me the fuck out and the font for the number makes me think of the Super S. My theory, it's, it's the per, it's the per, mm. oh great, now I'm just thinking of regular shows. Cool it's S. Perfect signature. Cool. <laughs> my theory, my theory is, is still that Kingdom Hearts 4 is going, its main theme is going to shift to be about, uh, about fiction uh, having its own reality. Well... That's Melody of Memory. That's where they suggest Sora ended up. A fictional gotcha. world. That's the one thing I know about. That's not that's the theories what, I'm that's seeing, what, though. I've seen well, that's the Evan, exact opposite. I believe, that's what, I believe that's what Evan's saying at the end. It's like, perhaps he's in a fictional world. You're that, so I, well, what does Evan know? <laughs> he knows lots of shit. You just never want to ask him because he'll be too smug about knowing it. The Wicked Stepmaster. Ah. For a far, I thought I'd maybe wear it. Ah. Satan did it. No. No, no, not that. She has not Satan. That. She has Diablo. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be funnier than that. <laughs> yeah, she explains that Tara's the one who stole. Uh, who stole Aurora's heart? I can't talk right now. He gave me a demonstration. Why, yes, he was the one who stole Prince Aurora's house and then just whole Uso down on that. Uh, You're going to cut uh, that, aren't you? I'm going to cut it because you said house rather than heart. <laughs>